Hello, and welcome to the Investing on the Go podcast brought to you by Funcalibur. I'm James Yardley, and today I'm joined, I'm joined by Luciano Diana, elite-rated manager of the PICTE Global Environmental Opportunities Fund. Luciano, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, now, Luciano, one of the key differentiators of, of this fund is its use of the, the planetary boundaries framework. Um, can you explain to us what that is? Sure. The planetary boundary framework is a scientific framework developed by the Stockholm Resilience Center. It was first published in 2009 in the Nature magazine. And it tells us that there's nine dimensions that are really important for the environment and the planet. Climate change is one of these nine dimensions. Uh, but uh, there's other very important ones like biodiversity, like the water cycle, uh, the chemical pollution, uh, the nitrogen cycle. And each one of these dimensions has a boundary uh, that the uh, ecosystem should not cross if we want to avoid nonlinear and unpredictable change. Why did you choose to use it as part of the investment process for this fund? How, how does it fit in exactly? So um, we um, uh, launched the, the strategy uh, roughly five years ago, and we wanted to um, uh, have an investment universe that really captured all the dimensions of the environmental challenges that we have. And this framework uh, was the perfect one. Um, and uh, so we uh, used it to identify around 400 companies around the world uh, that then constitute our investment universe. And then we will, uh, and then we pick uh, uh, to create a portfolio. Uh, so uh, it really, it's a central piece of our investment process. And I think one thing which is quite interesting about your fund is it's, it's not all about climate change, isn't it? I mean, it's much bigger than that. Um, which one of these nine environmental challenges um, do you personally feel the most passionate about? So uh, I started my career um, in, uh, in on the cell side covering uh, clean, clean energy. Um, uh, roughly 15 years ago, so I've uh, focused a lot on, on climate change over the years. But these days, uh, I would say I feel very passionate about biodiversity because I feel that uh, there's a lot more that um, here that, that we have to do on the science front to understand the, the link between uh, the loss of biodiversity, which we are experiencing, and the economy. Uh, and, and I'm passionate because it really touches... Um, my life. It touches everyone's life. Um, just uh, came back from some um, holiday in, uh, in Corsica over the summer and um, you know, I was swimming for, for an entire week. I think I saw three fish. Uh, so uh, the, the environment around us is changing a lot and, and I think uh, it's really important for investors uh, and, and uh, the public to be much more aware about biodiversity compared to a few years ago. Yes, I see your chart here in your presentation, which our listeners can't see. But in terms of biodiversity, we've we've smashed through the um, the planetary boundary limit for that. So, is is it already too late, or I mean, can we can we actually do something about this? I think if we are not careful, there are some areas of the planet, like the Amazon, where we could reach some some tipping points uh, that that uh, and that it will be too late. But uh, by and large. Um, uh, I'm optimist, uh, and I think that we have uh, the technology tools to address some of these issues. Uh, but, but yeah, but the problems are serious, and we shouldn't underestimate how serious they are. Um, and many people think that in order to have principles, you have to sacrifice uh, some of your investment returns. Is that the case? 
Uh, well, uh, so uh, our strategy has outperformed the global equity markets for the five years of its existence uh, and uh, has clearly also had a positive environmental impact. So, so, so no, the, in our view, there is no trade-off. Um, in fact, investing in, in an environmental theme is a good way to invest in global equities. It, it's just selecting companies that are benefiting from a tailwind in terms of policy, in terms of demand, uh, and uh, at the same time, avoiding companies that uh, will suffer from headwinds. So it's just a, just a very reasonable and, and a smart way to invest. And your fund, it's not just about looking for companies that are not just behaving well, but uh, actively helping to solve environmental challenges. Can you give us a couple of examples of such companies which are doing this? Yes. Uh, and so... Uh, developing environmental solutions is really the focus of, of the fund. It's not enough to be a good citizen and so to adopt technology. We look for the technology providers. Um, so a couple of good examples uh, uh, which may not immediately come to mind when we think about the environment um, could be uh, uh, software companies that are involved in uh, uh, virtualization. So one is uh, ANSYS. It's a U.S.-based company. And their software helps to simulate uh, physical processes, and and by simulating uh, uh, processes, um, a manufacturer can design uh, and manufacture and test the product uh, very efficiently. So saving a lot of raw materials, and and so that's for us an example of an environmental technology, which helps the resource efficiency of the economy as a whole. Uh, yes, I mean it's something you you don't really think about, but actually it's it's very important. Yeah, absolutely. So, so technology is very important. Another example, um, also maybe US-based, could be Ecolab. Ecolab is a company that provides solutions for uh, industrial clients as well as uh, uh, hotels and restaurants to manage their water properly. So they help um, the recycling of the water, the processing, and uh, more and more um, this will be uh, uh, crucial. Uh, when we think about uh, uh, hotels in Las Vegas, um, uh, in, in 20, 30 years, 40 years' time, they will all have to be self-sufficient from a water perspective because there is not going to be much water in Las Vegas. Uh, and a company like Ecolab is going to give the technology to do that. Um, now, as you mentioned earlier, you previously headed uh, a sell-side clean energy team, a team of people whose job it was to sell clean energy investment ideas to fund managers. Um, how has the clean energy business changed and evolved over the years? Um, and where do you see it going in the future? So when I started on the sell side roughly 15 years ago, um, the investment universe that we were looking at was, was relatively narrow. Uh, so it was a lot about solar and wind technologies. And over the years, they, these technologies have definitely evolved and, and, and improved in terms of cost effectiveness. But the main trend has been that the universe has, has uh, diversified. And so the way that we approach um, environmental investing today is much broader than just renewables. Renewables is only one answer to one particular problem, which is the energy transition. But then there's there's many more technologies that we uh, can invest in today that we didn't really think about. So clean energy um, has evolved and become much more quote unquote also mainstream. And we don't necessarily call we don't necessarily talk about energy. We talk about environmental technologies. And what made you change sides? So going from selling clean energy ideas to fund managers to actually being a fund manager yourself. And, and does that give you an extra insight um, into asking questions about potential investments? 
the move from from sell side to buy side, so from being an analyst to being a portfolio manager, is is relatively a natural move. Uh, so you go from giving recommendations uh, uh, to, to to someone uh, to actually taking the decision yourself. So um, it was it was very natural for me. The additional edge, um, personally, is that um, I have seen uh, quite a number of, of companies also fail. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, so I can say that um, I'm very conscious of, in our world, of the risk of uh, being taken by the hype of certain technologies that might sound great, but then they're not ready uh, for, for, for the market. And, and so... The number one um, priority is always to invest in a good business uh, uh, as opposed to invest in a business that sounds good but might, might not be ready, might be too early. And I think that's an important edge to have. Luciano, that was very interesting. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you to our listeners for listening. I'm James Yardley, and if you'd like to listen to more of our Investing on the Go podcasts, please subscribe to Fund Calibre. Please remember we've been discussing individual companies to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not still hold these companies at your time of listening.